0: Hey, this is Lucas Scrobot, and I wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer before at the beginning of this episode. First of all, both Steve and I are, are processing on this. We're trying to process and and sort between um, the, the complexities of this issue. And I, I think everyone can recognize that this is a highly complex issue. I think the, the, the issue of the, the killing of George Floyd not complex, that it was clear, it was obvious, it was blatant. And everyone is is mortified at this horrific act of police brutality and violence committed on a human being. Um, that's not a dispute and that's not the complexity. As we all know, there's a, a vast world of complexity that has spiraled um, from this moment, and that is what Steve and I are talking about in this conversation, and working to wrestle through and understand, um, as he says in this, like you know what I I probably say things in this that I'm going to disagree with tomorrow, and I too I think I said things probably in this interview that by the end of the interview I was like hmm I wonder if I would have said that the same way I wonder if I think that, and so. We are, we are trying to sort through, uh, this conversation as individuals, as individuals. And so if you, if we say something non-PC, we, we probably actually see a lot of things that are not PC in this. If we say something you disagree with, if you, if we say something that you're like, I wonder what he meant by that. I, you know, please ask me a question. Ask Steve a question. Um, his information is in the show notes. My information, of course, is in the show notes. Please ask a question, say, like clarify what you mean or bring up another data point and say, hey, well, what about this? You know, so I, I just want before we jump into this episode as um, it's just such a complex issue, I I hesitated to post this. And um, I think it's I think it's right that I do post it because we're not the only ones that are struggling through, um, not struggling through, but wrestling through uh, these issues and these matters that are highly complex, um, searching out truth while still being in the radical middle of loving uh, the people in front of us, whoever they may be. So with all that said— here's the episode.
1: I I have showed up to these protests and I have not once felt anger or violence from a person of color. Not once.
0: Welcome to the Lucas Robot Show, where we uncover purpose, relentlessly pursue truth, and own the future. I'm your host, and today we are with Steve Weigel from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, uh, I asked Steve to be on the show because I've been following along on his Instagram stories, and he has been out there every night, um, in the the peaceful protests, in witnessing riots. And he's just out there with his his camera. He's documenting. He is talking to people. He is talking with the police. He's talking with the military. He is he's see- seen you know peaceful protests like shoulder to shoulder shoulder with people. He's seen trucks plow into crowds um and then that person getting totally beat up so there's i mean there's a lot of things that we're going to cover um in this episode but um steve thanks so much um for agreeing to come on and and talk and and just share what you've seen
1: thanks man yeah i'm happy to be here and you know we've talked about it a bit but i don't i don't claim to be you know an expert on some of these issues um like, and I think even in the past, I've been silent because anytime I have raised my voice, um, being a naive, you know, privileged white man, I've been criticized because something I said was um, politically incorrect or insensitive. And I think that's something I'm just like in this time learning to be okay, not okay with, but just going like, dudes, I'm trying, like, I'm trying yeah. to understand. Give me a little grace because I can't help the privilege I came from, just like you can't help where you came from. So I'm not going to allow the fear of being criticized um, to keep me from speaking up because as we all know, this is, these are really, really important issues and we're all just learning. And so have grace with me. I'm learning how to talk about some of these issues. I'm, I'm discovering for myself um, how real some of these things are that I maybe didn't understand before. And so I'm on a journey just like everyone else, you know, and I'm, I'm just trying to figure out um, where exactly I stand. And I know I stand on the side of justice, no matter what that is. And I believe right now um, that side is um, justice for George Floyd and his family um, and and the entire Black community in my city and around the world that has been um, suffering injustice for generations and generations. And so... Um, and But then on the the other side of that, I'm trying to, you know, all this stuff, you know, F police, all police are killers, that like breaks my heart. Um, I know a lot of people who are in the police force and they're really, really good people. And so I just go, no, that's that's not it either. Um, and I refuse yeah. to try to stick to like one narrative of yeah. all cops are bad, all this are bad, all this. Bad. That's like saying all black people are bad. You can't, you know, and I understand the anger and the energy towards um the police at this time, but it's just like, no, that's not, uh, that's not going to move anything forward. That's, that's just going to create this, like even further. that's like what our president does, right? He like creates this friction between two sides. Like, that's not what we want to do. Like we want to build bridges. And so, yeah, um, I've been trying really hard to, to do that.
0: Yeah. And I definitely didn't ask you on for, you know, a, a, a PC talking point. Um, I think too many people are, just falling along identity politics on, on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, don't, yes. I don't know if there's both. I like all the white people I know are on the, on the, the same side. We, we all agree that like, yeah, this was a, this was police brutality and he should be charged yes. and he is. Yes. And every white person I know are, are standing with the peaceful protests so I don't even want to say yeah. two sides, but I definitely say so many people are are falling along, you know, not thinking for themselves, not having an opinion that disagrees with other people um, and having their own thoughts and their own opinions, not just party line. So uh, I'm glad that you're not here for, you know, your kind of party line angle, but I, I want to hear the story of, of what happened. And so maybe just starting, you know, I, obviously – um if you're listening to this you you probably know what's going on in the world it's pretty hard to ignore it um but just that first what was it the first night that you actually went out what was hap- like what was happening in Minneapolis what was where are we on on the timeline when when you first went out to these protests what happened
1: Yeah so um it all came out you know Tuesday um, Tuesday the 26 what happened it happened on Monday, but it all came out Tuesday the whole world learned about it and so um, You know again in the in the past I've never uh, Just to be honest and I, you know, this is my bad my wrong. You don't know what you don't know, right? So um, I didn't know how important it was for me to be at some of these black lives matter protests and to be honest in a lot of ways I didn't feel welcome Um, Mm. I was just like, they don't want, they don't need me there. They don't want me there. And I I genuinely didn't feel welcome. So it wasn't, um, you know, just happy to see injustice. I just didn't know where my place was or if I had a place. Um, But this one, I felt a really, really strong urge to be there. And maybe that was in my own city or whatever it is. But so I showed up at Cup Foods um, on Chicago on 38th, where George was murdered. And uh, I marched with people. And I stood next to people, and it was amazing. Um, that night, I think people marched all the way to the third precinct, um, which is about a half a mile from my house. Now, um now What, I, was, I it? what was it like
0: when, when? I'm gonna pause you when you 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 get to the to the the, the Cubs' food where where he was murdered. And he, what was what was the crowd like at that point? What were you thinking? What were some of your like very very first engagements?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I went there with my girlfriend and my roommate, and um, sorry, not my roommate, uh, a friend. And we rolled up um, and we had to park a ways away. There's just tons of people. And I was just going, holy crap, like this is real. There's like thousands and thousands of people. And and that night, I didn't, you know, I, I felt hurt. You know, I saw a lot of hurt in people, I saw a lot of anger, but I, um, that was generally very very peaceful. Um, I know later that night the crowd all marched to the third precinct, and some riding and stuff started there. But the whole time we didn't see riding until the end. At the end, we were walking back to our car, and about six blocks away from where Cup Foods was and where George was murdered, um, we saw some cop cars, and we're like, "Whoa, that! I can't believe the cops would be here." Well, a cop had showed up, and, and I think it was like non-related to what was happening i think they maybe got a call or something and then people blocked them in and started um hitting his car and doing this stuff and so by the time we got there there were six cars and they were just trying to get away and people were throwing rocks through their windows um and that was the first kind of like energy like that we'd experienced but we didn't know it was going to explode into this you know war zone that it's turned into so so, so, so the first
0: night the first night you you come up it seems like you're you're greeted there's no kind of like hostility towards you guys you you all march the half mile and it's still daylight I'm assuming at this time you all march the half mile to the third precinct it's still peaceful and and then the march is over but now you're coming back and that's where a cop is getting getting surrounded um starting to get attacked all the cops are then starting to get stones thrown up and attacked and their 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 cars kind of broken up
1: yeah, so so just to explain, Cup Foods, where he got murdered, was about three miles from the 3rd Precinct. Okay. Um, the 3rd Precinct, I was saying, was about a half a mile from my home, where oh, I live. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, and so we marched maybe halfway there, and then we're like, we don't know where this is going. So we just turned around, and we wanted to be back at Cup Foods and just um, be there. And then when we left, yeah, we saw uh, police... And, you know, I, I was really pissed off because I come from a background, you know, I have brothers who are ex-military and I come from that world. I, I know a lot of police and they're they're really, really good people. And so I, I was trying, I was wrestling and trying to understand people's anger. And like, I don't know what it's, I've, you know, one thing I said on one of my Instagram posts is like, I think some of this violence is just so nonsense, just BS, but I also have never had to be that loud to feel heard. Mm. And so I I I this whole time I've been going like, I don't agree with this, but I wanna understand it. And I want to understand if I was, you know, a person of color and I had just for hundreds of years had not had my voice heard, what position would I be in? You know, I would be I would just be honest, I I would be pissed, you know, I'd be riding probably, I'd probably be whatever. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I just noticed that, and I that night I, you know, I I feel really deep empathy for any sort any people for anyone that's experiencing pain, and um, I I just I cried that night, and I just I just felt for these people that were hurt. I felt for the police that were being called. Murders, killers, like just, I mean, just the most insane language you can, um, you can experience directed at you when you, most of them, you know, are doing their job, you know, yeah, and most of them are not bad people. And most of them, um, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's racist cops. I'm sure there's, you know, just like there's, yeah, it sucks that it has to be cops versus whites versus blacks versus this. It's like, it should be good people versus crappy people well i think good people versus bad people and yeah there's no blanket statements don't work for me that really oh, well, this that, So when problem. i saw these cops being treated that way i understood it because yeah because of all the obvious factors there but it was just really painful to watch
0: i, I think you bring up a really in, important point is that um you know there is you know, it's postmodernism, it's, it's, it's social Marxism that tries to boil everyone down into groups, into this, you know, the individual does not exist. You are only part of your group and that is all you are. Um, and, and, and so that is, you know, from the, you know, the outside in, as I'm reading everything, watching everything, that is the lines that everything is being drawn rather than looking at the individual, looking at you as an individual, looking at, at at George as an individual, looking at those cops as individuals, it seems like w- there's this um, making blanket, like, largely uh, very dangerous statements that's coming out of, you know, even CNN saying that every white person has an incurable virus in their head that that could be triggered at any time. Like that's a deeply racist statement that seems uh, to be celebrated. Um, and and for me personally when when I hear that, you know I'm I hear rhetoric that that sent Jews to the gas chambers, that sent Russians to the gulags, that sent Cambodians to the killing fields, that that send leaguer people to concentration camps in China when i hear that rhetoric that's what i hear and it's it's deeply disturbing that you know that someone would say and and society at large would agree and cheer that my child is a racist because they're white and um and i think we need to as you said look at the individual and judge the individual and talk with the individual and not make these sweeping statements
1: yeah, that's really hard, man, because I you know, I in general agree with you. And when I hear some of that stuff, I get really, really frustrated. I get really, really uncomfortable the The place I've been trying to put myself in um over the last week is trying to actually hear some of those things like because in the past, I've heard those things and i've I've gotten re- and I'm going, why would why would I ever try to like be on that side of the aisle if I'm just being called? Like those blanket statements, right? Like you're white, you're a racist. You did this, you're a racist. You did this, you're a racist. I just go, dang it, that that actually isn't helpful for anyone. No, it's um, not. And if if you know people of color are teaching their kids that that doesn't help. So over the past week, I've been trying to submerge myself in that language and try to understand what's really being said, because I I have showed up to these protests and I have not once felt anger or violence from a person of color, not once, never. So I don't know how to respond to that because yeah, I hear that and I'm obviously pretty frustrated, pretty offended, um, and, and hurt. Cause I'm like, dang, how, you know, I, I can't help. I saw this post, um, of someone saying white people were sick of you saying that you can't believe what's happening you know, that's offensive that you can't believe what's happening to something that happens to us all the time. And I was just like, what do how do I respond to that? I can't help where I was born. I can't help that I was born into a family, you know, we lived out in the country and I didn't grow up seeing that happen all the time. And I'm so sorry you did. That's heartbreaking, but I don't know how to respond other than this can't happen anymore. And to, and so I, I've been really, you know, I, I've been really wrestling some of that stuff, man, and I haven't come to a, a full piece about it, but I do know that my, what I'm fighting for is to not be called a racist just because I'm white, and to um, try to use my white privilege rather than defend it and whatever. And what people of color are fighting for is their life. So
0: you wait, wait can can you I'm, can you you said a, a few different things th- that are really loaded statements uh, that I think are, are, are problematic on, on a couple different levels um so can, can you can you break that down in a little bit more definition for me
1: Yeah I don't know if I can <laughs> I'll try um what what I've seen um the dialogue I've had with um, say white people um, in this time and most of it, again, they're just very stand, you know, standing up for justice and it's incredible. Um, But some dialogue I've had with people from um, during this time who have messaged me on Instagram, whatever they're going, um, you know, they're going, how are people destroying stuff? And, we should have rights. You know, why is my skin color being attacked? I can't help it. And so we're, so if you think about what uh, freedom or justice white people are fighting for or what freedom or justice black people are fighting for, it seems like white people were fighting just that we don't get called racist just because we're white. We don't get called all this, but black people are in my, what I've seen are so, I thought about this but, here but a that, when I, I was at the protests.
0: Not, but uh, so 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 a question, you know, there's that that viral video of that lady in New York City that she is defending her store and she gets attacked. And so I think it, there and people's stores are getting burnt down. There are crimes being committed against Hispanics, against, you know, all minorities, all people. You know, I'm a minority. Yeah. I'm Polish. My people have been abused for generations, so so I, I I don't think you can necessarily just say that you know white people are want their rights to not be called racist, even though that's categorically untrue. As six hundred thousand Republicans from the North gave their life to free to free slavery, like to end slavery, like white people did that. Um. So I think it's I, I don't think it it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's true that America is, you know, systematically um corrupt, as they're saying. And I don't think we can necessarily say that you know, that white people are fighting for their justice to not be called racist, because that's not what I've seen at all.
1: I, I, I would say I that maybe sound like a blanking statement. I would say in this time, I we have white people going, my stores get ruined. Well. Black lives are being killed by in, in, in astronomical numbers, and so wait 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 I, wait wait
0: I, wait 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 astronomical numbers can like people are 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 saying that, but the empirical data shows that there are fifty million police stops a year, and out of those there are only fifty police errors, and blacks are a minority in that it actually shows that there is no white on black police bias in studies that have been done. So there's this rhetoric, which I'm pushing against right now, there's this mm-hmm. rhetoric that is saying, oh, blacks are being swept up and killed, like thousands are being killed every year on the streets just blatantly. And and that so that's not true. So I, I think it's it's maybe that is a perception, maybe that's what they're feeling, but I think that's more rhetoric that has been been said rather than something that's necessarily based in empirical data
1: mm. yeah i so, what I am doing yeah so so um, I don't have go ahead,
0: so I guess i mean we're we're kind of getting to in, into the weeds a little bit, and I didn't want to do that on on this, but I just kind of wanted to. I just want to kinda of like pause on, on that because I, I don't think it's helpful to to say things like that because I don't necessarily think that they're empirically true, even though that is the the narrative that the media is is trying to portray and trying to give.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends on what media you're listening to. You know, if it's the liberal media, yeah, maybe. If it's, you know, the conservative media, maybe not so much. So what I'm trying to do is rather than listening to any media or... I don't have those numbers that you had. But what I have done is I've been on the front lines every night trying to look in the face of policemen, into the face of riders, into the face of people of color, and just understand what they're feeling and what they're going through. And so I think like in in the past and even now, I I have a hard time disagreeing with what you're saying. If you're saying those numbers are available and that's true. Um, I'm not going to disagree with that. But what I am tired of doing is using information like that to not stand up when I do see an injustice individually.
0: Right. And right. so
1: that's just what I'm trying totally. to do in this tri- time. And I'm trying to understand, okay, I I could go. Because we as humans can justify anything, right? So like, I can literally go like, oh, well, you know, that cop was just doing his job and he probably was fighting. and He was doing this. And I, I, what I've done is I've taken maybe, rather than get defensive um, for my race and my color and all that, i try to be empathetic towards something that I don't understand and get close to. It. We can't, people don't like what, They don't understand. So people try to create these really finite narratives that just follow a certain thing. And so what I've tried to do um, in this time is just like get completely away from any narrative and look at both sides. So, Mm -hmm. you know, during last yesterday, during dinner, I was at a um, National Guard base and I was feeding them, feeding the National Guard hot meal because they're just eating MREs, Mr. Uh, they're these like meals in a bag basically they're cold they're disgusting that's all they've been eating because this wasn't planned these people don't want to be here they want to be home with their families right. they don't want to be right. dealing with this and so i went and fed them and i talked with them um and then i went to a protest you know a peaceful protest and so i i've been really trying hard to um get out of this narrative of you know all cops are killers or there's police brutality or there's peaceful protesters getting shot or there's rioters. I've all of those are true. Basically. Right. Um, What I've seen on the front line is there's these peaceful protesters up front and they're face to face with cops and they just want to be heard. They genuinely just want to like say their piece, be heard. But then there's all these cowards in the background and they're throwing beer bottles. They're throwing fireworks. They're throwing all this stuff at cops and then cops, Inevitably have to respond and so they fire tear gas and rubber bullets and then people create this rhetoric and this narrative ah, Peaceful protests are getting shot by cops and that's just yes, it's true. That's happening um, but and sometimes it's happening just absolutely You know, I've seen some of these videos from New York and it's just insane how poorly the NYPD are treating people but a lot of times there's a greater story to it. Yeah. Yes. Peaceful protesters are getting shot, but they're they're the, they're the ones who are straight up front and they're the ones who are actually bold and brave and trying to stand up for peace. There's all these people in the background who are just enjoying the, the chaos. They're just like getting in it and, and loving it. And so, um, yeah, you know, I've heard, you know, I've heard stuff like if, if you're white at a protest, the only job you have is to stand on the front lines because police won't show you. That's not true. (laughs) I've been on the front most nights and I've gotten shot and I've been tear gas, and I've gotten all this stuff. And so it's like, you you know, anyone, white people, black people, brown people, anyone is going to be flawed in what they say, you know, not, and so in that context, I've, I've really struggled with what some black people said to me, like I said, in the past, and Criticized me for being politically incorrect and said stuff that I didn't agree with all white people are racist all cops are killers And I've just gone. I just don't believe that and that's okay I'm still gonna fight for this people group because I don't Because I want to fight for injustice and I want to fight for people who yeah um, I've seen so much pain um, on you know in this I've seen so much shame you know on the side of the police even i'm seeing so much hurt and what i want to understand and what i want to do is i want to get close to something that i don't understand because admittedly being white um i might never understand so I, I don't i will never understand because i i i've not been in that position right so tell, um, tell, i'm not tell me what a person it, of color
0: what it what it was like you know after that first night you know you went home you seen you cried and, and obviously you you did you go back out or what was continuing happening? You're telling these stories about, you know, the front lines, getting tear gas, getting hit with bullets. Um, how how does this unfolded for you over the next couple of days after um, the twenty sixth?
1: Yeah, So that first night on the 26th Tuesday, I went out and I saw those cops, you know, get their windows all smashed in and people just screaming at them. Um, the next day, I actually didn't know there'd be continued riots or I didn't know what would be happening. I actually had a video shoot with some of my friends um, for a project we're working on and we got ice cream after and then we're like, hey, I heard there's some people over at 3rd Precinct, which is uh, half a mile from my home. And we were like, oh, let's just stop over there and see what's up. And the scene we showed up to was like a couple square blocks of like a war zone. I mean, it was... By then the police had brought in barricades and you know, ten foot fences and it was surrounded the entire third precinct. Um auto zone was on fire. People were setting Wendy's on fire. Um there was this brand new construction building um that didn't have sheetrock or anything yet. So it was just like a stick frame that people lit on fire. And I mean, it was like six stories. I mean the flames were like three hundred feet high. It was it was like un- unlike anything mm-hmm. I've ever yeah. seen, um and so we walked straight to the front where the police were uh kind of forming a line around the cop around um the police station and um you know it's interesting I've been you know shot at by cops with rubber bullets and and i've never there's been times I'd gone oh that was kind of crappy, I was just kind of like there, and that sucked, and then there's times I've gone. They're just doing their job. What do people? That's the point of a protest is to get a reaction, to show that we're here to stand up. And so, like all these, all this narrative of like these a hole cops are shooting at us. Well, yeah, they're shooting at you. You literally trashed the entire third precinct. Right. And so, <laughs> right. like, like what, right. do, what do people expect? So, what I've what I've really done is I've gone. They're just doing their job, and I'm doing mine. Yes, I'm gonna stand. With the people and stand for injustice and stand and support my my black brothers and sisters and my brown brothers and sisters and people of color and, and minority groups. But I'm also not going to be surprised when the police react.
0: Like well, you
1: can't be surprised by that. You can So, can't, uh, so, so I, a
0: couple a couple questions. That I just want to hear. Uh, this is what's going through my head, and and I just want to hear maybe what other people are saying or what your perspective on it is. So. I, I like how you said that. It's like they, uh, the peaceful pro- protests at least, uh, you know, they are exercising their rights to a peaceful assembly and peaceful protests. And I am so glad that I'm an American yeah. where we can do that. It's I am amazing. so glad that, you know, th- that one day, that one afternoon where, you know, just thousands are in the street and just taking a knee, like kneeling. And like, I am so it's glad amazing. that we have that right as Americans. And and so peaceful protest. But then, like you said, well, burning burning down a uh, any structure, that's a felony. And so you're a criminal. Mm-hmm. No longer no longer are you protected by by your your Second Amendment rights. You're a criminal and you should go to jail. Um and and then so this is where I I find I find there'd be some wordplay, which is a little bit confusing. Um, you know, you're saying that, you know, you're out there and you're protesting for justice when justice is being served, right? Just like in, in the uh, Arbery cases, all those three guys are arrested, they'll be prosecuted. And that was, you know, horrible. But the, the system worked. The system worked. The DA stepped in. The government, Trump stepped in. He said, get this under control. And people like he was being prosecuted. And even Mm -hmm. now, you know, you look at the justice system and say, okay, this wasn't a case of police brutality. This guy had 18 other cases against him. Yeah. So there's a question of like, why wasn't this dealt with before? You can't blame Trump. Like, you can't blame Trump for that. He has nothing to do with that. He has nothing to do with, you know, this Minnesota, which is primarily, you know, it's a, a Democratic mayor, Democratic governor. You know, so those are the people who are making the policies. So I, I, I don't think that we can make this a political argument, which is a lot of people are making it. And so I'm not yeah. blaming the Democrats. I'm I'm saying, OK, this person had a history of police brutality. Something should have been done before. Something wasn't. That was a mistake. He then used excessive force. Another mistake. And killed someone in in a horrific horrific way yeah and then he was fired and he was arrested and justice is being served so is is there a totally different like am i missing something
1: yeah i think the i think what this has turned to is something so much bigger than um the death of george floyd i think it's been um it it this seems as that something that's been, and you can't, you can't argue that it struck a tone with the entire world. This isn't one pocket of people who are angry. I mean, this is like people, and, and I agree with you that people are following, you know, it's funny because if you're only feeding into one narrative, like most of the news sources are, you're immediately not a trustworthy news source. You know, if you're only feeding into one narrative of police brutality or this or that, you're not, you're no longer trustworthy. So, and then I, I try to be really balanced in what I've seen and what I experienced. That's why I went and hung out with the National Guard yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's like, I, I don't, yeah. I think it's so much bigger than what happened here in Minnesota. And people are finally just going, we you know, it's so hard for me to argue um, for a community of people that I don't understand. So I don't want to try and do that. I want the words to come from them because I will inevitably inevitably say something politically incorrect. But what I've seen over the past couple of days is um, people of color hurting, hurting, Mm. hurting, hurting. And I refuse to not be there, Mm. whether I don't understand it, whether I'm learning, I'm asking questions, I'm trying to understand. And so that first night that went out Wednesday, I just saw a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. I don't condone violence. I don't condone some of those things. But I can't, I'm not surprised that it went there. Um, To to, to respond to more of that, it is an alarming amount of non-Blacks that are right. doing the looting that are doing right. the burning. I mean, it right. like before this, before this news came out, which who knows, you know, you hear stuff like, yeah, the KKK renting the entire days in over in Bloomington. It's like, that's not true. Like, I know there's white, white supremacists here. I know there's KKK here, but like some of these narratives of like, yeah, the KKK is here. They rented out an entire hotels. like, no, they didn't otherwise people would show up and you know, whatever. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's kind of funny. Some of these things that people just cling to and just like repeat. Um, but, but there is, I mean, even before that narrative was spoken, just being out and looking around and seeing, um, there's an alarming amount of, um, anarchists, basically white anarchists that are, that are looting, that are smashing, that are laying things on fire. I, I, one night, it was Friday night. It was the first night of curfew that we went out anyways. And, um, we were walking down Lake street and, um, there was this, and Lake street is just full of local, um, minority owned businesses, all this, there's these two white guys with a hammer breaking into this, um, Mexican restaurant. And these two dudes from across the street yelled, Hey, those, those are our people. Don't do that. And they just kept doing it. And then the dudes came over to like confront them and they ran, they ran off. And so I, I'm not going to say it's all white anarchists or it's all blacks that are doing this, or it's, it's just crappy people. It's just bad people. Yes. It's people that are yes. taking advantage of this situation. <laughs> but I will say this, the people that I've seen pre- protesting are not the same people who are doing that. That is two different people groups. And that's an important distinction. There's a group of people that care about this issue, that want to see justice brought, that want to see a change in our system. They want to see equality for white people, for black people, for brown people. Those are not the same people who are looting and who are doing damage and who are burning places down. And 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 so I think a lot of people have seen, huh, we can just come in here and the entire black community is going to get blamed for this. And so we're just going to come in here and take advantage of the situation. And I think in the last couple of days, ever since people are kind of woke to the news that there's um, other people groups here, adding to the chaos, adding to the vandalism, adding to this, I've seen the community of real actual protesters be even more, more, more intentional about being peaceful, about not starting stuff with the police, about just being very respectful. And that's been really cool to see. That's been really incredible to see. Um, and that's and Sunday, That's
0: good. And, and that's what I'm, what I have been saying and what I've been concerned about. And, and the governor of Minnesota said that. The governor of Minnesota said they are, there are anarchists here, Antifa is here. There are other people who are sowing civil unrest and calling for the riots to stop calling for the national guard and and setting setting these curfews and and that is good and and so and and that angers me and it angers me because i'm like wait a minute i thought that we were i thought that we were peacefully protesting against this horrific act of police brutality yeah and okay i understand there's a couple people they get, they're, they're hurt, they're angry, they get upset. Oh, okay, but then it's like, wait a minute. Now there's people with a deep political agenda to to capitalize on the, the murder of a man and to capitalize on the pain yeah. of of the African American community, and they are yeah. capitalizing on it across the nation and leveraging it with With rhetoric to incite violence and and whether it's they're trying to make it look like they did it or they're just leveraging it for their own political gain and agenda, that makes me very upset and and it makes me yeah. upset, and some people are kind of speaking out about it, but it makes me upset that i I don't hear more people speaking out about it because it is it is actually leveraging and using george's death for something completely completely and totally unrelated and that makes me very upset
1: yeah yeah it's pretty heartbreaking um it's been insane to watch it's, it's it's turned into a an absolute free-for-all um and it's um it's but but since like i said since um people have kind of become woke to the idea and the the truth that there's other people involved I've seen a lot of people really rise up and like call others out that are like continuing that. And so in the last couple of nights since the National Guard showed up, um, I haven't been out as much. I've been at more, I've been attending more of the uh, daytime uh, like peaceful protests. I've been out driving around a little bit at night. Um, But it's pretty like chill and I and maybe there's stuff going on that it's so interesting because people are going people from out of town are going like what's really happening because what the news is showing tells one story and what I see in your Instagram story tells a totally different one. And it's not that what the news is saying isn't true. It's that they're only showing one side, whatever side pushes an agenda. And so... that that happens. And like I said, anytime you're um, trying to feed into one type of narrative, you're immediately not trustworthy anymore. And I think that what I just come to is like, this movement is, you know, seeing people get really uh, violent towards cops and angry towards cops. I just go like, this movement is not against people. It's for people. This is like a stance against injustice, not Mm. against people. And you cannot like, it's really, really hard for me to accept that, um, yeah, it just just people follow these narratives of, oh, this happened and all cops need to burn in hell. All cops need to, you know, and you see, it's really interesting from a political side, you see um, people going, uh, and, and like you said earlier about political sides, like people just pick a side and they stand for that. Um, in general, I have not seen that happen as much with this, which I love. People on all sides of the aisle are just going, "This is an injustice. This is wrong." Yeah, but it's absolutely. really, really interesting to see um, politically a lot of the people who are calling for bigger government, more rules, more want to defund the police. It's a really, really interesting thing, and I'm just. Um, I don't know what's right or wrong, but it's it's. I wonder if people even like think about that and how like how interesting that is. Um,
0: <laughs> oh
1: man, th- these are you know. So it's just it's just a really interesting thing. Like we've like we've said, people just kind of latch onto one narrative and one thing and just follow that. Um, and well, I think and, like and that's where I know, get Lucas, confused
0: too. You know, sorry to interrupt, but about that defunding the police, the, you know, people are people are calling for systematic you know a total overhaul and and my thought is we we have been doing we have been working since you know before 92 but you know since 92 they have been systematically changing the system so and doing it so so that empirical data shows that it's pretty darn accurate and actually it's not as it's not biased According to the data, and definitely not as biases as are making it out to be so so then that makes me wonder well why why are these people calling for the complete like complete anarchy? why are people calling for the complete defunding of the police force and and setting up a brand new system that makes me highly skeptical of that segment of people, which I think is completely different, maybe not completely different, but definitely different than those who are standing for George Floyd and his family in peaceful protests across the nation. And, and yeah, yeah. So, so back to your, back to your story, back to the third precinct. What, what was it like? Cause you were there and, and your, and your footage is just, I, I saw that and I was just, I couldn't believe it. Um, what was it like <laughs> see, seeing them rip down the fence and, and set the precinct on fire?
1: Yeah. Oh dude, man, it was insane. And you know, I I uh being in there, it it was just like I I I find myself really comfortable in kind of dangerous, intense situations you know, I've, you know, I went into prison in Bali one time to teach a man how to build a longboard. board. I, I lived in Thailand and went into brothels, you know, run by the Russian mob to try and fight sex trafficking. And I, I, I find myself really, I don't know what that is in me, maybe it's stupidity, but I find myself really calm in some of these situations and just going, I just want to see it. I want to understand it. Um, mm. so yeah, the, the next night, Thursday night was when uh, police uh, left. We showed up, and it was really intense. Um, people in like the Target parking lot, which had been totally looted, Cub Foods parking lot, totally looted. Um, they hadn't burned them down yet, but probably because there's like six inches of water in in both of them. Um, you know, had set up uh, medic tents. Um, people were bringing like plywood to come to like guard from like rubber bullets. At this point, it wasn't just the Um, it wasn't just the big chain restaurants and shops like Cub Foods and Target and AutoZone that had been set on fire. All of a sudden, a bunch of local businesses were going up on fire. And I was just going, that's so weird. Why would people set their own, you know, their own neighborhoods on fire? You know, some of these like really local mom-and-paw shops, minority-owned, whatever. It just didn't make sense to me. Anyways, it was a lot more like it felt a lot more chaotic. Like the police were no longer outside the fence, standing in like a line, guarding. They were all inside the fence, which which told me that like they were, that they were like I don't know if they're nervous or what. Like obviously, police force could overtake, or maybe not. I mean, there's so many. There's you know hundreds of people, and they're all angry. And I don't. And but it tells me that the police isn't trying to hurt people. Mm. The police is not opening up opening fire on this crowd. I think the police could have absolutely held the precinct if they wanted to, but they knew that the more they shot into the crowd and the more they did that, the more violence there is going to be. So they actually left the third precinct. And in my mind, I went, they could have held that they left because they didn't want to cause more violence and more anger. That's, that was like my, take um I don't know if that's true but like what I I actually saw I actually was really thankful for the police leaving because it was just the second they left the tension kind of went away because there's tension two sides there like butting heads so once they left the tension kind of like dissipated and so yeah I was right up on the fence as I saw them start to like at these all these cure cars geared up and like got ready to leave. And then they left on the side and people started running after them, throwing rocks, throwing stuff. But then once people realized that the precinct was open now, the fences all got knocked down and people just ran in. And um, I actually ran in with with groups of people because I wanted to see, I wanted to be close to this. I wanted to understand. So five minutes after the police left, I was inside the third precinct and um, they had turned on the sprinkler system, um, and I mean, it, it, this. So the first floor was just totally flooded water. The second floor, people had already started a fire, and I started to get nervous that people were going to get trapped because people had run all the way up to like third and fourth floor, whatever, rooftop, and Goodness. the second floor is on fire. So I started yelling, "The building's on fire! Let's get out of here!" As I'm in there. People are throwing rocks through the window. So almost, almost Anytime time I go by a window, I'm almost getting hit by rocks. Um, later on that night, people were firing into the building with guns. I don't know how no one got killed or hurt. Like, it's My just gosh. a miracle to me. Later that night, um, people had stolen a number of minivans that were U.S. Postal Service. So there's these little, you know, white minivans flying around the Target parking lot like 56 miles an hour later on that night they tipped over and started on fire I mean and these are not just people Again, dude it's so wild man I, I, when I was in that police precinct I don't know if you know what Maple Grove is here in Minnesota but it's basically just like a bunch of like yuppies like polo wearing like just dudes Yeah, half the people in that precinct were those dudes like <laughs> I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. I'm just going, okay, they're not white anarchists or like white supremacists. They're not people of color. They're just dudes here checking out the action. And I had this really interesting thought. um, And this is kind of in response to what you're saying earlier, um, what we were talking about. And I was trying to explain the difference of like what we're fighting for in that, in, in some of those moments, and in some of this chaos, and in some of these protests, when I would look around, it felt like a lot of the white people there were spectators. They were interested, they were loving the chaos, they were spectators. I, as a white person, really didn't feel like I had that much to lose being there. Totally. But I, might get, when... I might get hit by a rubber bullet. I might get tear gas and I I've gotten tear gas dozens of times (laughs) over the past week. Um, but the, the black community that was there and was staying on the front lines, they wanted, they needed to be heard. And so I'm still trying to wrestle and make sense of, you know, some of the stuff you're saying in the, you know, some of the, some of the argument for like, is there as big of an injustice as we're we're like hearing about? Like as a white person, I haven't felt that way, but how will I ever understand? Will I ever understand? And so I'm, what I'm trying to do is trying to get as close as I can to this, to understand it, to experience empathy. And what I've seen is a lot, a lot of people from the black community just want to be heard and want to be treated fairly. And, I, and it's that simple. I agree with that.
0: I th- I think, you know, it's it, you know, sorry to point out the irony, but you're there too as a spectator, right? You're there too, kind of like those yuppies.
1: But and so it's like well, And and that's yes, that's what I'm saying, though. That's what, exactly what I'm saying. I'm trying to not just be a spectator. I've stepped in front of policemen and and the the the, the protest that was getting a little fired up the other day when we were on the bridge and that, that truck drove in, I mean, the people, the black community, brown people, the black lives matter community, that the whole group of protesters was so furious and the cops were just coming in trying to do their job. And there's this tanker full of gas that could explain time. I ran to it and got in between the police and the spec and the, the people were angry to try to go, they're here doing their job. They're taking this guy who tried to kill a bunch of people away and it turns out it all might have been a big accident, who knows? I don't know, um, but in the moment, there was nothing else we thought other than so I'm trying to not be a spectator, but I still know that if something changes after this moment, I don't really have as much to lose as people of color do, yeah, I can, and so I'm I can trying to like be in a place where I'm going I want to sacrifice my my comfort, my and even my yeah, even my my perspective. I want to sacrifice all of that because I do not want to be on the wrong side of understanding. I do not want to be on the wrong side of history. I want to, again, get a, and And even when, when I hear things about my race, about my color, I get, I get offended. It's like offensive. Some of the things people are saying about white people, but I'm trying to sack, I'm trying to set some of that pride aside and go like, I want to be here. I want to understand. And I I don't know if I ever fully will, but I want to be on the front. I want to feel scared because that's what I think a lot of people are feeling. I want to, you know, I'm trying to experience some of this stuff. And so everything I say is, is is trying to understand. And I'm sure a lot of what I'm saying is politically incorrect. And I'm not trying to say I have all this data, but what I'm trying to do is get yeah, close to okay. the situation so that I can't judge it from afar.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, multiple thoughts. First, OK, so like there, there and that's where I think there's a difference. It's there. There are these these woke people who are like, well, I need to go out to these protests. Otherwise, if I don't go out to these protests, I'm going to get labeled. As a racist or as insensitive, whatever. But to your point, it's you know, like you're you're not out there for the same reason the the as as the black people are. The people who are there just observing. It's like, well, they're really not out there for the same reason. Antifa is out there causing chaos off the backs of their yeah. pain, and then there is. What, what I have seen and I would, I've heard from you and from your posts is that there are a lot of black people who are peacefully protesting and mourning the death of a member of their community. And that I completely stand for and stand by and I stand with them and I say, I do not, I do not understand the, 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 the deep pain and feeling that you have, um, I I don't under I can't say that I understand that, um. But I I see there's a, there's a stark difference, right? And that's something that you're pointing to too. Like there's a stark difference between people who are out there saying I'm experiencing pain, I'm experiencing hurt, and I have to be here because I yeah. need to I need to get my voice heard, and all the other craziness that's been. I mean, like kids driving around. You know, stolen cars from the post office and trashing them in target doesn't seem like that has anything to do. has absolutely nothing to do with people mourning and trying to get their hearts hurt. It sounds like kids like having a fun time and just being yeah. being criminals because they they can right now and as yeah. you've said, and as a lot of video has pointed out, it's you know a lot of people who are instigating this violence, they're white.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's an interesting thing. And even having a conversation about this as two white men feels kind of like, man, we, this, we don't really, um, what, what can we say about this and how can we understand? But I think the idea here is to just start conversation about it and get closer and try to understand and try to empathize, um, with people that are so different from us and I've experienced completely some Yeah. have experienced just a completely different thing than we have. And as I, I've like gotten, you know, man, to be honest, like I've, uh, the other night I, uh, I went, I was out, it was the first night of curfew. Um, when people were going like, dang, we don't have to be out protesting. We need to be here protecting our homes. Um, I went, uh, down the street um and i met uh one of our uh, neighbors he lived a couple blocks away we just saw him out there and um it was four young black men and um i met one of them his name was reese and he was just telling me that he is scared for his life i mean he started he was shaking He, he was his voice was shaking and i mean i i was like heartbroken this dude is like out in the front of his yard trying to protect his family and he was genuinely scared because he heard that white supremacists were here and people that genuinely hate his color were here and so dude i i i've I've never felt that scared Mm. i've never felt i've never felt that and so like i said I, i can't even pretend to try and understand some of this stuff and I have so freaking much to learn and I have so many more questions I want to ask, but I'm trying to lay my pride to the side. And when I hear something that's offensive to me as a white male, I try to check it and go. You know, you brought up earlier that some of these injustices people are talking about, you know, from a data standpoint, it's not even quite true um i understand that and i i don't mm, i can't well, even I'm disagree not, with you i'm not
0: saying that I, i'm not saying that that it's that there isn't in that there aren't crimes against black people yes i'm not saying you're that you're
1: saying as a whole the system isn't trying to attack these people
0: yes i'm saying that as a whole the narrative again right this is a narrative the narrative that you know, masses amount of black people are killed on the streets every day by cops while they're just driving. That's just, that's just not true. It, so that is, that is what I'm pointing to. And I'm not like this story. I mean, this story is, I think, a, a profound picture of, of something very real. The one that you just shared about, um, Treese was his name? Reese, who who yeah. Who, who's out there, as a, a lawful abiding resident and citizen like defending his home and that and and, and petrified because there they there are racist antifa anarchists white supremacists that they do exist no one's denying that and and i think your perspective on that is is right and i think it is that is something Yeah. That is something that we need to get closer to. That is something that, like you said, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I've never, I've never felt that kind of um, and and seeing this like um, young black man just like terrified, shaking and telling, telling us, you know, a lot of a lot of what I've experienced from black people is just like very tough, very cool, very just like, you know, attitude, all that stuff, you <laughs> know, that's like that's like maybe that's just my stupid, you know, limited view or whatever, but um growing up in, you know, Princeton, Minnesota, three thousand people knew two only two black guys growing up. That's just where I grew up. I think like something I've come to in all of this is that I wanna stop apologizing for my white privilege which inevitably does exist um but instead use it and so i i I don't want to apologize for that anymore because i'm going i i can't help that any more than you can help where you're from i want to start using that and and putting my pride and you know my offense aside and just going like and and i still do i still get offended i was at a um a rally last night where the person, you know, and a bunch of people were just coming up speaking and uh, someone said something that really was offensive to me. And what did they say, I just, I, I don't even remember. I, I remember it was just a very general statement against white people as a whole. Um, and I was just like, well, dang it. How am I, you know, like if that's just like what I'm labeled as because I'm white, how, how that's the same as, that's just as wrong as white people labeling you because you're black.
0: 100%. And so
1: that was really that was really hurtful and it was really painful. Um, but I just went, okay. That person doesn't represent all black people. They were hurting. Correct. They said that. Correct. And I want to have grace, just like I hope um, people of color would have grace with me for my ignorance, for my offense, for my pride, whatever. And... You know, there's, an, there's, a, there's another, you know, black man that got up and said, he said, I'm in a really interesting position because I used to be one of these. And there was a line of National Guard vehicles parked right behind him. He goes, I used to be one of these and I took an oath to defend my country. And he goes, it's easy for all you young people to say F-12 and, and F-police and F-this and F-that. He goes, but the first people you call when you're in trouble is the police. And no one cheered. And he goes, I know y'all don't like that. I know you don't like that. But that's the easy thing to say. He goes, we have to do better. And it was, you know, this perspectives like that too. And I had just come from feeding the National Guard. And so I was like that, that you know, we, we need, I understand the anger and the pain of F the police and F that and do this. But um, when it comes down to it, that's not changing anything. It's just creating more division and anger between police who in mostly are good people. And trying to help people and trying to do, you know, and so that is just not helpful. And so what, what, you know, police are just people who got hired at a job and brought whatever experience they had with them. And so, yeah, there's going to be racist police, you know, Um, but this is not in whole. This is a humanitarian issue. What we're talking about right now um, is you know George Floyd and he was a black man that got killed by a white cop. But if it was the other way around, we should have just as big of a outrage because a man was senselessly murdered in broad daylight in a street. That's 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 not okay, no matter no matter what you are. And the stories that come out, whether there's other stories or not. You know, especially lately are people of color getting, getting this kind of treatment. And so I'm just going, I'm, I'm not going to be tone deaf to that. I'm going to step right in the middle of it. I'm going to try to not be a spectator. I'm going to try. Um, but in a way, I am a spectator because I just want to understand. I went into the first night mm. completely angry at the rioting and the violence and the um, vandalism. And I came out of it having some sense of understanding. Still not agreeing with it, um, but having some sense of understanding. So I'm just... Continue- Dude, I feel like this last week has been like three years. I feel like I, I learned a different perspective and I have a different take on something. so even when I'm saying now, um, I might have a different take on because of something I see tomorrow. <laughs> I know what I mean. It's, it's, it's been absolutely (laughs) insane. And so what, what you're getting in this podcast for anyone listening is just very real on you know, I haven't had time to even put all my thoughts together, but I know I've felt a lot in the last week and I've seen a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, but the general tone I've seen is an incredible group of strong and, and passionate and, um, talented communicators um, in the black community rising up and trying to take a stand for their community. And that has been absolutely insane. And I've seen, um, I've also seen white evangelicals who are, you know, notoriously conservative and, you know, might criticize something like this, not condoning the violence, but also not condemning it and going, we understand your hurt and pain, but we're also not going to see our city trash. So coming up the next morning and cleaning up, that is insane to me. That to me shows an incredible amount of understanding and love and like unity for going, we aren't going to be a part of destroying this city. Um, And and again, it's not all the black community destroying it, Um, but just the, the, you you just see people coming together. It's, it's, it's not white people, it's not black people, it's not brown people who don't have the looting or the violence or the cleanup, it's just people. It's good people going, we see you, we're trying to understand, and we're gonna help clean up this city, we're gonna help support you. Um, peaceful protesters, we, there was a peaceful protest on Saturday, Sunday, the actual day that, um, that uh, the, the semi came driving into the crowd on the 35 W bridge. And, um, all around the city, there were people with their car trunks open, full of water and food feeding people. And I just go, this is insane. This is such a beautiful demonstration of unity. And this is the world I want to live in. Like, this is, this is like what I want to be a part of pushing for any community of people that experience injustice. And um, in this moment, the community that is feeling the weight of injustice is the black me. So that's who I'm going to stand for. And um, the police officers and the National Guard who's there to help, I'm going to love and support and encourage them too. I'm going to go cook cook them a hot meal. And I refuse to stand on any side of good people. Um, I refuse to split that. I said it earlier. This movement is not against people, it's for people. And so I refuse to stand on any side of good people. I stand for justice. And right now the community that needs, needs us to stand with them is the black and brown minority community. And that's who I am gonna stand with. Um, and I'm trying my best not to get sucked into any narrative of, you know, I, I, in the moment of getting shot at by police and tear gas, I'm like, F those guys. What the frick? You know, this one time we, we got tear gas and everyone, the crowd splits. And I'm going down this road that's still open because the, the, the protest is happening here by the 5th precinct after they burned the third one down, the 5th precinct. And so we go over to this other street. And we're getting away. We're just going because we're getting shot at. And the sprinter van comes by along with the normal flow of traffic. And all of a sudden, the door flies open and a bunch of SWAT team inside starts shooting rubber bullets <laughs> and tear gas in the crowd. And I'm going, you sneaky devils. Like, come on, you know. And maybe that's a little, you know, that's that felt like a little bit like... And I was really pissed. I was really pissed. Um, <laughs> I was going, that was sneaky. You snuck up on us like that. Came in from the other side. Um, and so in the moments, I've been pissed too. Um, but I've also just tried to understand... These people are doing their job. Most of them are good. Most of them don't want to be out here getting yelled at, being called killers, being called all these just crazy names. They're just doing their job. And then yesterday, when I spoke to a number of people at the National Guard, uh, I, you know, obviously was just trying to intensely ask these questions. Half of the people I talked to said if they weren't in the guard, they would be out on the streets protesting with people.
0: Totally. I mean, I mean the general if, tone is
1: people that want to stand against injustice.
0: Exactly. I mean, if I was there, I would want to go and take a stand against injustice. I'm, I'm yep. not. But like, and 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 so, I I think I think the the thing that you're saying is so important and critical to hear, um, in a time where, you know, just like you said in in your story on um, on on the bridge with with the semi truck coming. Um, before the truck came, you, you you posted something along the lines of like there's you know, it's beautiful, like, you know, thousands of people in this you know, four lane highway,
1: the most peaceful, yeah, moments I've ever experienced,
0: and I, I saw it I'm like that was moving. and and you you wrote like there's no media. Like there's no media anywhere. Like, where's the media for this? There's no helicopters yeah. filming this. And then all of a sudden, a, a truck shows up, and a guy's getting beaten on the asphalt. And the media shows up and, and yeah and and that to me it, it's that to me points to this identity politics narrative that is is it is group against group, male against female, white against black, hispanic against you know whatever other minority um but what you're saying is so crucial, it's so. It's so important to remember that we need to be we need to look at people as individuals. I yeah. I want you to look at me as an individual, at my kids as an individual, and I I look at you as an individual, and I I look at uh, you, you know it's it's okay. Are what side are you on? Are you on are you on a side of good and justice, or are you on a side of anarchy and destruction?
1: Like which side yeah. are
0: you on? What is your character yeah. made of?
1: And 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 to, yeah. Go. And to be fair, there were people that were there apparently the news did show some of the peaceful protests. When I when I was walking, I didn't see a helicopter in the sky. And so people text me after and said the news was there, they were covering it. Um and then um something I don't know if the news showed or not, but when that truck got stopped and people drugged that guy from the truck And people were screaming, kill that racist, kill that white guy, kill um, a a group of Black men formed around him and said no and protected him. And they handed him to the police. Um, That's what I've seen too. That to me was just like, in the heat of that moment, I wanted to kill. You know what I mean? Like in the heat of that moment, I was furious. And um, it was Black people that surrounded him and saved his life. And as it turns out now, it might not, um, it might have been a, Big accident, which I I still am just like, I don't understand, but okay, I guess. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, I think it's really uncomfortable. I think people might even listen to this podcast, might think that I'm like wishy washy or I'm like, you know, I'm lukewarm on whatever. And it's not that I actually think it's really uncomfortable to do, to stand on either side, to go stand with protesters one day and the National Guard the next. That's not me being wishy-washy. That's me going, This it's way more comfortable to latch onto one narrative yes. and to just follow that to the grave. Yes, It's way easier to do that. It is so much more uncomfortable to go face-to-face with the people that have been shooting tear gas at you, shooting rubber bolts at you for the last couple of days and just say, hey, what's your take on this? What do you think? What's your thought? And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be wishy washy in my in my in my sentiment towards this it hasn't changed once i stand on the side of justice i stand on the side of people who are hurting and but i i refused to scream at an entire group of people the cops just ha- the people who did the killing just happened to be a cop i refused to look at the rest of these cops and condemn them yes. to being a killer to being a racist to being whatever Uh, A lot of the cops I've seen out, uh, you know, while processing are black. And so we can't, how can we do that? We are not fighting against, we're a person. We're fighting against what seems to be a broken system, what seems to be this, this epidemic of racism. But I refuse to say all cops are racist, all cops are this, all cops are that, all cops are killers. Like, I just can't do that because I put myself in the uncomfortable place of talking to those people who I can be really mad at. Like I said, in the moment, in the heat of getting shot at um, rubber bullets and tear gas, I'm pissed. I'm like, we were just standing here peacefully, but we weren't. There were people in the background who don't care about the protests. They're cowards. They're not getting shot by rubber bullets or tear gas. They're in the way background, launching fireworks and all this other stuff. And then beyond that, there is you know, some really nonsensical priest police brutality that I've seen in videos, um, a piece throwing down, you know, 90 pound woman piece, police kicking, you know, pushing down a seven year old man. It just seems so ridiculous. But again, those are individual people. And yes, maybe there has to be some sort of reform or something that takes place in our, um, police and, you know, it's interesting in, in, National Guard, I have two brothers that are ex military, and in National Guard, you have to be tough. You have to be hoorah, this, that. Um, and that's like when I first show, showed up, you know, I was talking to this guy at the National Guard, this guy that was like that. He's a very hoorah, tough guy. And they have to be that to go into combat and to not freak out, to be able to go into combat and keep their cool. Um, they have to be desensitized in a way. Um, so even that guy showed up, and this guy was hoorah and all this. And, but after a half hour of just conversation and me sharing my viewpoint, he was, he was just another dude that was just trying to do his best to totally. do the right thing and do his job. And, you know, we're all in that spot. We're all in this place where we're just trying to do our job to fight it. I don't think there's anybody, whether they're staying quiet because they're scared to speak up, whether, I don't think there's anybody that is just sitting here going, that's an injustice and i don't care about it no one that's not no that's one. not people no one so so you get these really strong personalities and the really strong uh angry voices um, from either sides that are just saying if you're not using your platform right now to fight this you're a racist and i'm just going dude that's not helpful <laughs> you know and i hope that people speak up i do i think that's great but saying that to people is not going to like make them want to like speak up or like, and so I'm just trying, everyone's, everyone's on their journey. Um, like I said, previous to this, I hadn't spoken up a lot about this issue and that's because I didn't know how it wasn't because I was a racist because I didn't know how. And before when I had spoken up, I'd been criticized. And so everyone's on a journey, man. I don't think people, I think the general tone of people, people are good. People are really good. People want to fight injustice um, and, um, I want to stand for people. I, I want to, I want to make this movement for people, not against people. Um, and yeah. so that's just what, uh, that's why yeah. I've tried to show both sides of the aisle. I, and you've um, done, a,
0: you've done such a good job and, you know, I, 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 I agree with, I, I agree with you fully. And so many people are picking one side rather than thinking for themselves, rather than coming to conclusions for themselves, rather than having you know a a complex (laughs) worldview like a complex view on situations that's more than well you are just part of your political identity group Um, it's as you said so much easier
1: to do that if you're a democrat it's so much easier to go um (laughs) abortion is bad gay marriage is bad and this it's harder to or sorry if you're a republican it's easy to go this is bad. This is bad. And this is bad. If you're a Democrat, you need to go. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. It's harder to be on that side of the aisle and fight for something that people generally in your on your side disagree with or believe in. It's 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 hard to like oppose um, a certain issue of people. So it's so much easier to just follow one narrative to be to stay on one side. And you know you're on Facebook and you're scrolling, and anything you see that that feeds what you already feel you click on and you let it feel it further and anything that opposes what you're seeing or feeling. You're like, F that, I don't want to read that. This person's this, or this person's that. And, um, on both sides of the aisle, we just need to be, have more understanding and have more grace and be yeah. uncomfortable and I think um, with on, what we're reading and what we're seeing.
0: On both, uh, you know, both sides. I, I, maybe, maybe I haven't read both sides enough, but, um, I, at least my side. How about my side? I you know. I too am like I. I. I stand on the side of people who are hurting. I stand on the side of people mm-hmm. who have experienced injustice. Um, yeah. And I. I stand against people who are causing pain and destruction and killing and destroying. Um. And and from what I have seen by by and large, across you know both sides of you know conservative and media liberal or media and everyone on on instagram, I can't find one single person at least not yet that is against that I can't find one single person that's not mortified and horrified at at what happened um and and so kind of like you, I have this complex view of it where it's like yeah, I'm mortified, but like the, saying that I'm a racist or you're a racist or a white people are racist, um, it seems to be actually counter what we're seeing right now in America, where everyone is completely mortified that this is happening. Everyone yeah. is demanding justice and glad that justice is being brought forth. Um, yeah. And like you said, we need to, I do agree with you. We We need to. Build relationships with individuals, and we need to see individuals, not just, not just groups, and label people. You know, I want I want people to build yeah. a relationship with me. You know, I've po- been posting stuff, and I'm really glad that you know some of my friends are like, I don't think you should be saying that right now. And then we have a conversation. They're like, Oh, I see what you're saying. And likewise, yeah. you know, I want to have conversations with individuals and understand that individual rather than um, just grouping people um
1: yeah 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 i think that's it man that's that's what we all need to do and um but uh, yeah um, in my whiteness and my privilege i've been trying really hard um just to take that first step and go and go like i don't understand the pain that people are feeling i could never understand it. i've never had to be this loud to be heard and so i'm just gonna like go down this road and see where I end up because it's freaking uncomfortable. But that's where I want to be. Like um, we grow a lot in our discomfort. Mm. And so again, for the third time, even in this podcast, there's probably stuff I said that I might change my viewpoint on tomorrow, or there's probably stuff I said that's politically incorrect. There's probably stuff I'm going to say that people might criticize me for, but I think I would just ask for grace because that's what we all need. um, And that's what we we need to experience to, um, come to a place of like understanding and a place of unity and a place of agreement, um, is, is, um, yeah. Yeah. We're all just human doing our best to to try to see where we stand on this, how, how we can impact the world for good and bring justice. And that's it.
0: Well, thanks for talking with me. I, I, I'm, I'm really, really moved by a couple stories. One of, of Reese and i think that one really touched me and, and the other of um people who say you know we don't condone the violence but we understand that you're hurting and really yeah. showed up the next day to to clean up the city and to serve realizing that um you know the the government and the law enforcement they can they can take care of arresting people and throwing people in jail who need to be thrown in jail yeah um but I've, but then showing up seen... to to serve in love
1: yeah I've also seen posts from small businesses who have gotten destroyed saying, Hey, sucks. We got destroyed, but we hear you. And we have insurance and war rebuild. That to me is just like, <laughs> it's putting, it's putting people's hurt and pain above people's property. And, and so I think that's a really powerful message. And I don't know if I would respond that calmly or that way. I'd be like, mm-hmm freaking looters, freaking whatever, you know, but um, there's people that have gone, Hey, the city is destroyed, but um, this is just property. And some person values way more than that. And um, uh, that's, that's really challenged me. And I was just kind of like, what the heck, you know, I don't. So I, yeah, man, like I said, every day I've been pushed out of my comfort zone. I've been challenged. Um, And I'm, I'm just doing my best to, to try and understand and exercise empathy and and see where it takes me
0: yeah well steve thank you so much um i'll put your yeah, your your what's your instagram handle steve weigel how do you spell that for yeah. everyone
1: s-t-e-v-e-w-e-i-g-e-l
0: and that's your name on instagram so everyone that's my name on instagram Yep. Yeah, find him follow him his stories um continue to push the envelope on uh non political correctness, which I love um and just thinking for ourselves and seeing seeing the individual seeing the person um in all of this, and you know learning to learning to love you know our quote unquote enemy right learning to love um, people that may not love us that may not like us, that may say hurtful things against us um and doing that in in a way that is saying, okay, I understand you're hurting. Let me figure out how I can, how I can bless you, how I can, how I can love you in your pain and in your hurt. And so thank, thank you, Steve. Um, You definitely opened my eyes on some things and gave me some, some things uh, to ponder myself. So I I really appreciate, I really appreciate you, you talking.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. That is all
0: for this episode with uh, Steve Weigel. Um, As Steve said, it's like, well, you know, I may say stuff that's politically incorrect. I may think differently in a week. Um, And I too. And I understand there's, you know, a lot of suspect as we're both white. Um, But again, I didn't interview him because I think he has the answers of the black experience rather than he's someone that I knew who took the time to actually go out night after night after night um, to these protests, to witness it, to try to draw closer um, to what's happening. And so I wanted to learn from his experience and also kind of show you um, what he's been been experiencing. And I think it's really important that, it's, that we look at the individual and judge the individual um, whenever in society. We have fallen into identity politics where we're taking large swaths of of race or color or gender or sex or or nationality and pitting one against the other. It's never ended up um, in a good place. And so i I am doing my best to to look at the empirical evidence, to look at the data, and to look at the individual and and not just have a, a you know uh, not just see things through one lens but to look at it from a complex a complex view. So on Saturday we're going to be talking with Brandon Polk um who's been on the show multiple times he was just on the show we talked about the the Arberry killing. So he's back on this Saturday and that episode will be played for you guys on Monday. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you go out and develop your own thoughts and opinions on this, not mine, not Steve's, not the media's, but do some reading, do some research, look at, at studies, look at numbers, um, and look at yourself. And and I, I hope that we all can find um, a radical middle. Um, so that's all. I'm Lucas Scrobot. Go out and own the future this week.